Leading up to opening day of the 2016 MLB season, On Deck will be taking an in-depth look at each division in baseball. This week, the NL West is up to bat. This should be fun. The Los Angeles Dodgers have owned the division in recent years, but an even year means it's the San Francisco Giants' time to shine. And don't look past the Arizona Diamondbacks after their busy offseason. From across the bay to across the world, the San Francisco Giants are number one. This one goes out to all Giants fans worldwide. I say, hey, everybody say, the Giants are rocking in the USA. It seems like everywhere I go, the orange and the black are the best you know. And I know, Giants, that I love you. That's a great song. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's a terrific song. Does it say what year it's from? 2010. So it's, so from, the, it's from the first year. World Series. Little Which, did you know. Because, like, think about it. At the time, that was the first championship yeah. they won in San Francisco. In, so it's yeah. like, this is wild. Who would have ever thought they'd win two more within the next five years? And at this point, people are already just being like, well, let's stop trying this year because it's going to be the Giants. Yeah, why, why, like, why are we even doing <laughs> this show? Why are we even having a baseball season? It's an even year. It's the Giants' year. We know how it goes. And they went out and spent in yeah, a way to do it. it. They, they were like, all right, guys, we're ready. Even, even even Cueto said when he signed, he was <laughs> like, you know, like it wasn't the reason I signed, but like I did not sign because it was an even year. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to On Deck, Tara Suljeski and David Ballack. This week we're going to be looking at, surprise, surprise, the NL West, which I'm pretty pumped for this because to me, this is possibly the most interesting division in baseball. I, I get the argument for the NL Central. I, I, I mean, I'm a New York person. I have a little bit of a bias for the NL East, but I just, after what the Diamondbacks did this winter and the Giants, because they weren't even a bad team last year, but even they geared up and then the Dodgers and what's going on with them. I just think it's such a loaded division, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, it's three teams that all like went out and spent good money. The Dodgers well, the maybe Dodgers, not yeah, not as much as people want to expect, <laughs> but like they still did make some moves, and I think they're probably not a better team, but they're still they're still a team that's up there. But this this division really could go any of these three ways. I think I'm chopping out the Padres and Rockies. Sorry, guys, but. These three teams are all legitimate contenders for both the NL Central, I mean the NL West, and the NL Crown in general. Yeah, absolutely. You know, real quick, because we won't harp on the Rockies and the Padres. Unfortunately, the Rockies, they're just, they're not going to really compete until they can find pitchers who can pitch at Coors Field. probably and not possible. probably never <laughs> happen. But the Padres were such a hype team going into last year. And it seemed like they really went all in. And I never bought into them. I just didn't like the mix of talent they had. I don't think James Shields is really an ace. But what I will say about the Padres this year is you look at the NL, and I think the NL is very top-heavy. You have a couple teams. You have a few teams that it's like, okay, these are the teams that are going to compete for the NL crown. Then you have all the teams that are tanking, like the Phillies and the Braves. But then you look at the AL. And the argument could be made that any team in the AL could win it. And my thing about the Padres is, you put them in the AL, they probably have a decent shot at at least grabbing a wild card. Because this isn't a horrible team. It's just they're in a really good division, they're in the better league, and they're not a great team. 
you you might be able to make that argument. I think I wouldn't be shocked to see the Padres kind of hang around this year and always be like five or ten games out, and you're like, well, like maybe they're one of those teams that at the trade deadline, you're like, are they buyers? Are they sellers? I think they'll probably still be sellers at that point, and I think that's what makes the most sense for them. But you might be able to make the argument. I still think they they definitely got worse this offseason, losing Justin Upton, yeah. trading Craig, Craig Kimbrell. They added Alexia Ramirez and John Not Ian Jay. Desmond. Not Ian Desmond. And here we are a week and a half <laughs> since the last time we did this show. Ian still, Desmond's still a free agent. Still nothing. I think... The Rockies could come up as a possibility yeah, with this Jose Reyes now, Jose situation. Reyes, he's leave of absence while his domestic violence trial occurs, and then who knows what's going to happen with the suspension. But I know they have Trevor Story in AAA who people think could slide right in. So they might not even think they need Desmond, especially to give up a draft pick. Yeah, I mean, you give up a draft pick and your team that's clearly rebuilding now. So, like... I think Desmond's probably looking for at least a three-year contract. I don't think he wants to settle for a one-year contract, and I don't think a team wants to sign a guy giving up a pick mm-hmm. for just one year. So that, that's um, the problem for him. This is hey, not a good Dexter blend of teams. But Fowler did find a home. Dexter Fowler signed with the Orioles. Giovanni Gallardo, we Ooh, thought yeah. signed with the Orioles, and now we're not sure. The infamous Oriole physical yeah. struck another down. Gallardo, apparently the O's are concerned about his shoulder He's actually never had shoulder problems in his career, but for whatever reason, something popped up on the physical, and they're now concerned and maybe backing out. I think either way, Gallardo will find a home. I think they'll restructure and get the deal done, just because it's February, and I'm sure Gallardo wants to get into a camp, wants to start pitching, and considering he went the whole offseason and nobody really signed you, I think it'd be wise for him to make sure this deal gets done. But moving back to... (laughs) The NL West, like, I mean, obviously the Padres aren't going to move to the AL, but that was just something I was thinking about that this isn't, they're not a horrible team. No. They're just in the better league. And so, I mean, you could look at them and there's probably teams with comparable talent in the AL that will fare much better. I I still don't think they're much better than a 500 team. I don't think they get even to 85 wins, which I think in the AL, you're definitely going to need for a wild card. But if they come together, if Will Myers finally is healthy and is the guy that everyone's thought he was going to be, I mean, right now... Will, Trey Turner for him. Right now, Will Myers is a guy that you're kind of looking at like one of those prospects that was coming up and had a ton of hype and then just never quite landed. And we haven't... It seems like lately those guys have always been there. When Harper, Trout, Machado, like yeah. all of these guys have come up and been legit. And Will but the Myers. Thing is, we're still early in all of these guys' is. careers. It's true. So in it's, 10 years, if Trout and Harper and Machado are not playing for whatever reasons, you're right. It goes to show. It's true. And Will Myers did win the Rookie of the Year in his first year. But ever since, he's just been battling injury after injury and just never performing well and not playing the outfield very well. He He's a question mark. But if he can turn it around and become a star for the Padres, then, yeah, you might be able to make an argument that they could compete in the AL, which they're not in, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't. It's fun, hypothetical, what-ifs. The team that is probably in the place that the Padres were a year ago right now are the Arizona Diamondbacks. They shocked the baseball world by signing Zach Greinke. It seemed the hype was always he's either going to stay in L.A. or he's going to go to San Francisco. Then all of a sudden, 
boom, he's a Diamondback. They trade Dansby Swanson and other prospects for Shelby Miller. They have Patrick Corbin behind those two. I think that's a terrific one, two, three punch, and I'd make the argument that's the best one, two, three of any rotation in this division. And then you add that to you have Paul Goldsmith anchoring your offense. You have A.J. Pollock. So it's a good team. It's a really good team. It is. They, they, they very well could be legit. But I I want to preface that with could be because they it does feel kind of similar to the Padres last year. Obviously, Zach Grinky's a much better signing than James Shield was, and Zach Grinky's a bona fide ace and coming off an, a near Cy Young year. Did you see what he said though when he reported to camp? And this is it's so typical Zach Grinky. I wouldn't expect anything else from him. They asked him about building on last season, and he's like. I don't think I can build on that. That's I'm not really that good. And and he might be right. He's probably I, right. I think I think a lot of us out there thinking like, all right. And I think even the Diamondbacks are they don't expect to get quite that. You're not going to get you below can get two ERA. Something close to that for at least three years. Because remember, it's a six-year, two hundred six and a half million dollar deal. He's in his thirties already, so. That that's tough for pitchers, but he's a guy who has figured out how to become a pitcher and not just a guy who throws hard. Mm. And so that's going to be important for him. But there is still question marks with him. And then going to the Shelby Miller trade, I don't. It it's clearly it's a win, a now, win move. now move, and it's a like you brought up Grenke's contract. It's a move where they look at that and say, okay. Realistically, we're probably going to only have Grenke as an ace for two or three seasons. So we want to make sure we win in those two or three seasons. And as great as Dansby Swanson, who, in case you don't know, was the first overall pick in the 2015 draft, as great as he might be in five years, we don't know if he's going to be the shortstop we need in two or three years. Yeah, the question is, I mean, he could be there and. In fewer than five years, I think he could be there this in a the year Braves. or two. Yeah, especially for the Braves and potentially for, for the Diamondbacks. Team, but the Braves are a rebuilding team. Right? Could he have been a starting shortstop already for a team competing for a World Series title? And I guess the Diamondbacks saw him and thought, "Not right now." I I can't speak for that. I know he's ranked a top ten prospect in baseball already, which is pretty quick, even for a number one overall pick to rise up there and be that legit. We'll we'll see. I think I think the Diamondbacks are still a bat away from really being that legit contender, but they very well could come off. I think Paul Goldschmidt and anyone you talk to will say this is one of the most underrated players in all of baseball. Absolutely. I was talking with Terry before the show saying that I think that when you talk about the top players in the game, you mentioned Bryce Harper and Mike Trout and like that's kind of what everyone says. Paul Goldschmidt should be that third name there. This guy competes for a triple crown every year he steals bases he's a first baseman and he's still getting over 20 steals a season he plays very good defense at first base this guy is an MVP candidate year in and year out and there's no reason to think that he won't be there again the question is can they get enough going around him AJ Pollock's another guy who's legit starting center fielder and already has become one of the best center fielders in all of baseball I think the question starts to come around yes many Tomas the Cuban star yeah. who What's he gonna can't really do? play defense that well in the outfield, can't really play third base, and he's played a little bit there. Doesn't really fit in, but he has a lot of pop. 
So question, there are question marks all around him. That was a big deal, and they them. signed him. Yeah, it was. And last year, he had flashes of being a star and flashes of being a dud. And yeah. Yeah, so. Get ready to laugh at me for this, but for that reason of who else do they have in the offense around Goldsmith, I thought they should have went after Ian Desmond. Okay. And look, if you're going to go all in, go all in. Desmond is going to add to your middle infield, be a strong bat in your lineup. I thought that would have been a really smart move for them. I no, I could see that. I never really thought about that, actually. Um, but maybe, maybe. I think I think the defense I don't think is a big ha- concern for I don't for think them. it happens now, but I thought it would have made sense a couple months ago. And I mean, Nick Ahmed is your shortstop, which I got to give a little love to him because he played in the Hamptons Collegiate Baseball <laughs> League. So great defensive shortstop. I think he's one of the best defensive shortstops in the game, but his bat doesn't have much pop and so to replace him with Desmond right now while while you're trying to win a title I thought would have made a lot of sense and Desmond's a guy who has granted limited but some playoff experience and the Nats were saying the other day in spring training that they are shocked that he has not signed not just because of his play on the field but what he adds to a locker room yeah I think Bryce Harper's exact words was there's not a draft pick out there as great as Ian Desmond and I think if you're looking at a team right now that's not that worried about draft picks you would think it's the Diamondbacks because they really did with that last trade for Shelby Miller just be like all right we're going all in they put all their chips on the table and like let's see what we can get so I I think I think Ian Desmond would have made sense but it doesn't look like that's what they're going to do. Yeah, like I said, I think it's just too late now. But I back in like January, I was like, that, it doesn't mean if you're going to go all in, go all in. Yeah. Like what the Orioles are doing where they said, okay, we're going to sign Gallardo, give up a draft pick. We might as well go out and get Fowler and give up another well, draft pick. Well, because at that point, it's a second not? round pick. But I think for the Di- the Diamondbacks, it would – no, did they they gave up the compensation pick for Grinky, didn't they? Like – in signing Grinky, then they already giving up a yeah, first round pick. They gave so, up a pick already. So why not? I like it. They should do it. I agree. <laughs> Diamondbacks, go get signed Ian Desmond, and maybe they will. I, you're probably right that it's too late, but maybe they will go out and mean like, all right, guys, we're gonna make one last final move, and it would be under the radar. I'm surprised no one's really talking about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm surprised. I agree. I'm surprised that never really picked up steam or anything. I guess it's because they spent too much money earlier in the offseason. And they're set on Nick with Ahmed. Grenke, I don't know. And then they signed Tyler Clippard. Um, but that's, I mean, I thought that would have made a lot of sense. Moving on to the Dodgers. Because even, we can talk about, okay, they lose in the playoffs in the first round a lot. But they've won, I believe, three straight division titles yep. at this point. And... They still have Kershaw at the front of their rotation, which I think any team in baseball would trade to have Kershaw at the front of their rotation. But not re-signing Greinke, I think, was a big blow because I think a lot of the fans expected it. And when you think of the Dodgers, you think of this team that they've just spent so much money. How do you not spend the money to retain Greinke? Yeah, it must have had to do with the age, I guess, because I think the $206 million is a lot of money. But in baseball nowadays, especially for a team like the Dodgers that consistently had the highest salary the last few years, it, it doesn't seem like that much. But it clearly got to the point where the Diamondbacks just outbid the Dodgers and just won out. So 
I think it's a, it's a tough loss. The Dodgers rotation is still very deep. Left, they're not lefty as, heavy though. It's lefty heavy, and they're not as star studded. But they still have five or six legit starting pitchers and guys who are probably all going to post sub four ERAs. You got Kershaw leading it off. Kente Maeda or Scott Casimir going to two or the three. We'll see. Which Maeda is your righty in there. Yeah, Maeda was a really interesting signing and I think has gone kind of under the radar, especially in talking about the Dodgers offseason. They get him for like five, I don't know, it was a, like five or six years for like $25 million. This is a guy who's won the Triple Crown in Japan and won the, their version of the Cy Young Award twice. He performed really well in the 2013 World Baseball Classic, only giving up like one run during his three outings. He didn't play any, he didn't play the American teams at all and he played like the Netherlands, Puerto Rico, and some other team that's not that good. So who knows to see, but this guy could be legit. Apparently a slider is what is his best pitch. He doesn't throw that hard, but he's another guy coming over from Japan that we don't know. But if he is a guy throwing around a low three, maybe a three five, the Dodgers would be more than happy, especially for how much they paid for him. Yeah, that's fair. And the Casimir signing, I think, he has a one-year opt-out, or it's, it's a one-year deal, maybe. So that's because he's obviously someone who's trying to take advantage of the weaker free agent market. Brett Anderson had a really nice 2015 season. The Mets kind of beat him up in the NLDS. And then Alex Wood, I think there's still some potential there. So I agree the rotation isn't horrible. But like I said, for me, I love Arizona's one, two, three. And I even when we get to the Giants, I think Arizona has the best one, two, three in their rotation in the division. And yes, you're probably right that they do. Their four or five scares me. And that's the, the Dodgers. They don't have that. The Dodgers, I feel like I'm pretty confident throwing out any one of those five or six guys. We'll see what they do with their rotation and who's healthy and who's not. And again, they have the luxury that if someone gets hurt, they have another guy that they can slide in there and he'll perform pretty well too. And so that's going to be really important for the Dodgers. And then their lineup is still solid. Their lineup's interesting to me because you would expect that a team like them with such a high salary would have a star guy, but they, they don't. don't really have... Corey Seager is actually the, probably the biggest name in that right, lineup. Right, they don't really have that big guy that you put at like your three-hitter. Adrian Gonzalez had a bounce back here last year. And was, he's getting older. But he's getting older. And this is, that begins my biggest issue with the Dodgers. This lineup is too many question marks for me, whether because it's guys getting older or for whatever reason. Enrique Hernandez, he was terrific in the second half. And from July 1st on, he actually had the best average in the NL. And I like his potential, but at the same time, you kind of want to see more. Yeah. So, to me, that's kind of a question mark. Corey Seager, top prospect in the game, looked fantastic in September. But, again, he only has one month in the majors, so maybe be a little hesitant there. Adrian Gonzalez, I think he's getting older. Justin Turner, he's had injury issues, so I'm not sold on him. Yasiel Puig, oh, we can get into Puig in a minute. Andre Ether, getting older. So, these are all guys that I just... I think there's too many question marks. Jock Peterson, I was so high on him at the start I mean, of he was an the beginning of the year. And then towards the end of the year, he just struck out so much and he became just a wreck towards the end of the year. And so he wasn't even playing the playoffs. I just, I'm not a huge fan of this lineup and I want to see what they do. 
I mean, yes, I definitely want to see what they do. But and they have guys. I think they have a nice balance, kind of, in what I'm hoping the Nationals will have. I have to mention them at least once. <laughs> but um, of going with the older and younger guys in their lineup, and I think that's what they're looking to push. Puig's still pretty young. Peterson's obviously really young. Seager is really young. These are all guys that I see having improved seasons this year. They may not be the stars that Dodgers fans were originally hoping. I think Seager definitely will be a star. Peterson, maybe not I, so much. But I think these three will be better and can help carry this lineup. Look, I agree that I would bet on Seager becoming a big star, but he only has a month in the majors. Right. So at the But same Carlos time, Correa last year didn't have any time in the majors either, and then all of a sudden yeah, was almost an MVP candidate. Man. Yeah, that's really true. I But, like, my point being – I would actually probably say Seager is the most surefire thing in this lineup for me. And the fact that he only has a month in the majors, I think, says a lot. That when you're the most surefire thing in your lineup, because I don't know, like I said, Hernandez and Peterson, I want to see more from. Turner's had his injury issues. Gonzalez and Ethier getting old and Puig's Puig. I mean, Hernandez might even might not even start on this team because they have Howie Kendrick at second base after re-signing him. So we'll we'll see with that. But Howie Kendrick is still a legit hitter, too, and a guy who's going to hit around 300. They have a lot of guys who can hit around 300. And they have guys with some pop. I'm not, like, sold (laughs) on this team, but the Washington Post had an article for their NL West preview titled Why the Dodgers Will Win the NL West Again. And I think I might agree with them. We'll, We'll do picks in a little bit. but You know, I'm sitting here this week with my Athlon Sports... Uh, MLB preview in front of me and in here too they have from a scout when you get past all the noise the Dodgers are still the best team in this division by a good amount it's not I'm not sold on that but I mean yeah I guess I do understand where people are coming from it's not splashy but Fangraphs projections which is kind of like the thing that everyone likes to cite in all their articles and I think it does get overused but it should be out there Fangraphs has the Dodgers finishing first with a 91-71 and 71 record. Then they have the Giants finishing second at 85-77. and 77. And they have the Diamondbacks at third at actually 79-83. and 83. That's Fangraphs. It doesn't mean very much, <laughs> but Fangraphs is food for pre- Yeah, it's out there. So, yeah. Moving on to those Giants. We joked about it. It's an even year. Why do you even show up at this point? But, I mean, you want to talk about a lineup I like. This is a really beautiful lineup with names like Panic, Posey, Pence, Brandon Crawford had a big year last year. We were talking about who are the best players in the game, and I said Buster Posey's in the top five for me. Because I think this is a guy who he consistently – that's 320 is going to give you around 30 home runs he's just Buster Posey is an incredible baseball player incredible anchor of this team they go out they strengthen the rotation behind Mr. Pitch 50 innings in the postseason (laughs) and don't even have to toss anyone else in the World Series Madison Bumgarner they add Johnny Cueto they add Jeff Samarja and for me this is a team that those are three that could challenge the Arizona front three. But when you break it down, Granky versus Bumgarner. Okay, we know what Bumgarner can do in the playoffs. I would say that's a toss-up. That's a, toss a toss-up. I would go either way. 
he hasn't been a phenomenal regular season starter. His ERA is always going to be like 3.1, 3.2. Yes. Granky, I think you can book for an under 3 ERA. You think this so, year? Uh, yes, um, maybe. even this year. And so I would take Granky there. And you go to the number two, Shelby Miller versus Johnny Cueto. Now, if Johnny Cueto goes back to Cincinnati, second-best ERA in the NL since 2011, Johnny Cueto, that's phenomenal. You have the second ace. But after what we saw of him last year in Kansas City, and I'm sure I've said it before, I do think he'll get better being back in the NL. Still, I would probably take Miller ahead of him for right now until we see him pitch in the NL again. Probably wouldn't, but that's your opinion. And, and then, then Samarja versus Patrick Corbin. Corbin was got came back from Tommy John last year. You know how it goes. You only get better the further away from the surgery you get. Samarja, I mean, he struggled last year. He really he had the one great season for the Cubs. Yeah, when he got traded to and Oakland. Since then yeah. he just hasn't been that spectacular. And so I would take Corbin. I think I think I disagree. I think I have the Giants' top three as being better. I think Madison Bumgarner and uh, Grinky is a toss-up. You can go either way. I think I really like Cueto and Samarja coming over to the Giants. playing. They have the big outfield, which hurts for doubles, but it's tough to hit home runs there. And I think that's especially going to help out Samarja, a guy who throws pretty hard and can get hurt by the long ball. And he especially got hurt when he was playing in Chicago by that, where the balls are in the summer just fly out of the ballpark. So I think coming over to San Fran, that's going to be really big and really important for him. Cueto now no longer has the pressure of being the ace. And I think he's going to he's gonna enjoy that. When he went to uh, Kansas City, there was a lot of pressure there, and it was a contract year. Now he comes, and the same thing for Samarja too. In the last couple of years, he's had that contract looming, and he's been traded. These guys both now have stability. They're both in a good ballpark for pitchers, and I think they're both going to have bounce-back years and be legit and that, that top three is pretty solid. Yeah. Along with this look, artfully crafted lineup. I would be far from shocked if Cueto goes out there and posts like a 2.5 ERA, even if Cueto posts better regular season numbers than Bumgarner. Yeah. I would probably not be shocked. Like I said, though, after the end of last season, I would put Miller at his level or just ahead of him. Samarja, him I'm not as sold on. I just I, I mean there's no re- there's no reason for you to be sold on him. There's no reason at all. I think I don't know. I'm just I'm not very high on him. And th- that's completely fair and I think mine is more projection and how I see he fits in to this ballpark and having a bounce back and having stability. So I completely understand where you're coming from and picking Corbin over Samarja and you're not you're not wrong for saying that. I just I like the Giants better. My issue comes with them because they have a pretty strong rotation and they have this beautiful lineup that looks very deep, very solid across every position. I'm worried about them not getting enough home runs and not being able to drive in enough runs. I saw a stat, I believe it was in the Washington Post article, that the Giants were like second in on-base percentage and getting guys um, in, like, average or something like that. Mm. But we're, like, fifth or sixth in the NL and getting runs in. And I think that's going to be a problem. Buster Posey, obviously a guy who can drive in runs. But they don't really have anybody who I see hitting more than 25 home runs on this team. And it's tough to especially do that in San Francisco. 
No, I don't think Posey hits more than 25 this year. I Maybe around 20. I don't see him being at 25. It, I just don't see them oh, having— Oh, he the, only hit 19 last year. Wow, yeah. I was really off. I said he's—okay, so instead of—he's not good for 30 home runs. He's good for 20 home runs. Yeah, it's just, it, I don't see them getting the run producer. I don't see them having anybody, and either does Fangraphs, having anybody approaching 100 RBIs, and that's just what worries me. We haven't talked about Denard Span at all. I was going to say, they yeah. go out and get Denard Span, who's a terrific, mate, one of the best in the game when healthy leadoff hitters, but he's not someone who's going to drive in runs. He's not somebody who's going to drive in runs, and he's also, he hits around 300, but he doesn't walk all that much. He's not that great of an on-base guy. His on-base percentage is always around 330, 340, and it's, it's not really yeah, going to be higher, higher than, than that. that for, for your leadoff lead guy, you want 350, 370, 380. So he's going to get on. He's not going to steal that many bases. I love Denard Span. It was time. He didn't fit in anymore in, for the Nats. I think he fits in pretty well for San Francisco. I'm interested to see how he plays in that big, spacious outfield because this is a guy that doesn't really like to die for balls, which is kind of weird. You don't really expect that. But he looks good visually, defensively. The metrics don't like him as much. There's... They're they're really solid, but it's just are they a World Series team this year, and can they compete with the Dodgers for the title? I don't know. Look, spoiler alert: they're not my pick to win the NL. Mm-hmm. So that's do I think they're going to win the World Series again? I think the trend will finally stop in 2016. Did they make they the had playoffs. Their, yeah, let's we can move on to our predictions of the division starting with who we think's going to win it. I think we do we agree that it's Dodgers, Diamondbacks, Giants are the three teams at the top of this division possibly battling for playoff spots. Oh, one one hundred percent without a doubt. And then I think I think we both probably have Padres four, Rockies five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like I said, I think the Padres aren't a horrible team. I think the poor Rockies just. I don't. I don't even think I can name a starting field. pitcher for the Rockies John off Gray. the top of my head. Okay. He was the third overall pick in the 2013 draft. Okay. That's, see, that's they, the only one I know. Yeah. See, like, just, they're just not there. And <laughs> Which it's poor tough. Rock. I'm sorry, guys. It's. You should it's probably tough. move out of Colorado. Yeah, I, that's the thing. Is <laughs> they're not you, going to Colorado. Never going to find a pitcher yeah. that is going to develop in that ballpark. Well, they're not going to develop, and there's definitely not anybody who's going to sign there. And it's just like, it is what it is. And they have a great fan base, and they've made it to the playoffs. They had that Matt Holiday made team. It to the World Series yeah. in '07, lost to the Red Sox. But. It, Which, why, just why we are on the Rockies, we got to give a little love, though, to Nolan Arenado. Yes. Because this is, you want to yes. talk best players in the game, he's slowly starting to creep into top 10. Well, this is a guy who's a gold glove uh, caliber third baseman. He's won two or three gold gloves already and then hit 40 bombs last year. Granted, it's Colorado, so maybe take off five or six of them. But still, like, this guy's legit. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading a scouting report today that said he is the best defensive player in the game. And you look at DJ LeMahieu, and that's someone who people look at, and it's kind of like uh, you take him away from Coors Field. He's probably not a starter. You look at Arenado, it's, this is a guy who could start and anchor a lineup in any team in baseball. Yeah, I think, I mean, Josh Donaldson obviously won the MVP in the AL last year, but you could make the argument especially for this year and going forward, that Aaron is the best third baseman in the game. Yeah, he's definitely, he's right up there. So that's, you 
go ro- watch the Rockies yeah. play, you get to see Nolan Arenado. Yeah. That's I that is exciting. And they're not they got going for them. <laughs> they're not at the point of trading him yet because he's so young. I don't know what his contract looks like, but I mean it's tough to see how they're going to rebuild right now. If they can, obviously they're going to be looking to rebuild around him. And they made the Tulo trade, which they probably could have gotten a little bit more for Tulo. So than they got they Jeff did. Hoffman, which is. One of these young pitchers, first overall pick, uh, not first overall, but first round pick in 2014. That it's they're just, I think, going to keep going after these young pitchers, hoping they can find someone that they'll develop and they'll be guys who are solid enough to perform yeah. well. And because they don't, I mean, obviously they want an ace, but they don't need guys to be throwing sub three ERAs. They because j- they're going to get plenty of offense there. And they're usually going to perform better offensively than their opponents are. They're used to the field, big, spacious outfield, too. They know how to play there. They just need to have four, three or four solid guys, and they just haven't had that in a while. We'll yeah, see. that's very true. Getting back to the top of the division. So teams we have finishing first winning this division, go. I have the Los Angeles Dodgers winning the division. <sighs> Once again, I I don't really want to see them win the division. I'd probably like to see the Giants of most, even though it's weird because the Giants are that team that like, and we were playing that song and remembering that the Giants are that one team in sports that wins, but I don't really mind it that much. Like the Patriots, I hate the Yankees. I hate when these team wins. I'm just like, I'm tired of this. I don't want this anymore. Get out of my life. But the Giants, I'm like, even I, after they beat the Nationals in 2014, even after they beat the Nationals, was, you know, just real quick, Tara, we don't have to talk about this right now. But you we said don't have to do that this. That made me think of that series when you said that they're not home run hitters. I think that series was a perfect emphasis of that because that was such – I think both teams scored nine runs in the series, and that was a case of the Giants were just able to get the runs home. Yeah, the Nats – well, I mean, the Nats just didn't hit. And so that, they it was to Bryce Harper. find that magic. It was Bryce Harper and a bunch of minor leaguers or pitchers hitting Bryce Harper's nice little ball. preview of his yeah, 2015 season. Exactly, and it really – it brought him onto that. I mean, he was already on the national stage – but it really solidified his coming out party. When and he hit the home run in game four to tie it, like what was that, the sixth or the seventh inning? I think it was seventh inning, inning in the top that of the seventh. I was, into, I was like, into the oh water. my yeah. gosh. Because I feel like, and especially after the 2015 he had, I feel like that was a moment when it was like, Bryce has arrived. Yep. And he was, he was going nuts. It was awesome. I was like, we're back in this game. We just need back to win. We just need to win this game. And then we got a chance, and then it fell apart with Aaron Baird on the mound and and throwing. Another thing that would be a good preview of 2015, the bullpen fell apart. The bullpen (laughs) fell apart, and I think that was when Matt Williams officially went on a leash. Well, I don't know about lost the team. I think guys—I mean, Bryce Harper last year was like a huge proponent. He loves Matt Matt Williams, Williams. which is why— Talking about the Diamondbacks, Williams is back there, and I think Paul Goldsmith had really nice things to say about him. I'm still a Matt Williams believer. I think the more and more I read from, like, the Washington Post, it was the wrong team for him to take over. It was a team with older guys like Worth and Zimmerman and Desmond that just were never going to really follow him, and they were so ready to win right then and there that putting a first-time manager in charge wasn't the right solution. I hope down the road Williams 
first maybe gets a chance to be a hitting coach because I think that's where Bryce really always praised him was as a hitting coach. And I wouldn't mind seeing him get another chance to manage. Um, I see him, and he, he has bench coach experience with the Diamondbacks. I see him as a hitting coach or bench coach kind of guy. I think really he was, he just didn't know how to handle the bullpen and the starting rotation well enough, and that's ultimately what it came down Which to. Cubs fans will tell you Dusty Baker can't do that. I mean, <laughs> well, apparently he's gotten better in Cincinnati, so we're going to see about that. Also, I was just thinking about it the other day, the fact that Bud Black didn't end up getting a managerial job this year. Yeah, which was really weird. Like, he was going to be the Nats guy, and then it was like, all right, he's not going to the Nats. Probably the Dodgers, then, you would think. This guy is the most experienced they guy. They get Dave Roberts. And then they go with Dave Roberts over uh, Bud Black. So Bud Black's now in the Angels organization, um, which is just really interesting to me. I really thought he would get a managerial job, and I wanted him to be the Nats manager. Which, so maybe there you go. Did the Nationals know something that it was like, look, like we don't think he's really going to get other opportunities, so that's why we think we can kind of lowball low him. him. I don't know yeah. if that's what really happened in the end, but I feel like people have already forgotten the Nationals didn't really get their first choice. They'll, they'll, so high on Dusty they'll Baker. say otherwise, but... Everyone's so yeah. high on Dusty Baker, and it's... I mean, he helped invent the high five. It's true. <laughs> he was on the other end of that. <laughs> Back NLS NLS gotta we gotta get our prediction in so who do you so I have the Dodgers so last week even though I understood the hesitation some may have towards the Astros I'm going all in on the Astros this year I think they're gonna win the World Series so I'm gonna go all in on the Arizona Diamondbacks and I think the Diamondbacks will win the NLS. All right, I Tara's like going the with the hot three. teams. If that were in that rotation, I do think the lineup is strong enough. I just I'm gonna do it. All right. I think how many how many wins does Whoa. it take to win that division? Around you don't need to give an exact number, but like around what's gonna win that division? I think this is a really good division, so I would say 95. Really? Yeah. I do not see that at all. I think it's gonna be right around 90, but we'll see. I was going to say 92 first, so 92 to 95. All right. I mean. I think, I don't know. I think, I think to even get an NL wild card, which I mean, what did you need last year to get an NL wild card? 97 wins? Yeah, we are almost on it. Which I was going <laughs> to say, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the third place team in this division won like 88 games and missed out on the playoffs. I don't see it. I don't, I don't see this div- division being that good. I think it's good, but, um, and I have. The second place team winning the wild card. Which what is your second place team? So I'm going with the Giants to win the wild card. Yeah, we agree there. Yeah, I'm just. I'm, we just flip flopped our first and yeah, third team. Yeah, I'm just not that high on the Diamondbacks. The lineup, I, the lineup, I think is the worst lineup of the top of those three teams. Um, like even I said, with I'm Paul not Goldschmidt. very high on the Dodgers lineup. Yeah. So that for me, I mean, if the Dodgers lineup performs better than I expect, then of course they're probably going to do better than I'm predicting. Yeah. But I look at the Dodgers bullpen too, and I'm not saying the Diamondbacks have a terrific bullpen, but Kenley Jansen is a terrific closer. Yeah, a very good beyond closer. him. But the Diamondbacks. But there. I mean, like you you said, it, you're not that high. But like the Diamondbacks had a great year from Brad Ziegler last year. It's hard for me to imagine that he's going to have the same year at closing this year. He's a guy that. I think the more you see him, the more you get because he's got the weird sidearm submarine. Signing, I'm so Tyler Clifford is a player that I am really interested to see what happens to in the next couple of years because 
I think the Nationals thinking with him was this is a guy who has thrown more innings than any other reliever in baseball since yeah. like 2011. And his velocity He's, was dropping. Yeah. And you kind of – and so the Nationals were kind of – that's why they were kind of okay to let him go. And you saw that towards the end of the year with the Mets. He just wasn't the same pitcher. So I think I'm interested to see if he can bounce back for even a little bit or if he's kind of just – he's reached his peak because he's had a lot of mileage on that arm. Yeah, I would think that he's a guy who can still come in and get you one or two outs. Obviously, like three – there's not a huge difference between like three outs and one or two outs, but that that's kind of what I see him as is like a guy to come in in a tough spot and just come in and throw that filthy changeup that just drops out because that changeup's not gone. The only difference is that his fastball is just not as effective because he used to throw the high fastball at your like shoulders that would just rise up on you and pick up speed as it came to you, and it just doesn't have that same zip. So you're not really that worried about the fastball. Now with Tyler Clifford, you can come up, you can just sit on the changeup. If you realize it's a fastball, you just foul it off, and you just got to sit and wait changeup. And so that's that's where he's got that problem, and it's going to be tough for him to find that. So we'll see. Do you remember the battle him and Jason Worth had and I think it was the extra inning game yeah. at the start of August? Yes, I did. That was an absolutely terrific yeah. at-bat. I believe it ended with a bad call from the umpire calling a strike three. <laughs> Uh, I just remember how like that 12th, night ended with Flores. On like the 12th pitch. Yeah, that was, again, we don't need Sorry. to talk about these nights. <laughs> so I may be getting a little bit ahead of myself, but let's say we're both right. Giants make the wild card game. We both think Bumgarner gets them into the division round again. Can yeah. you bet against Bumgarner in the wild card game? No, you can't. But, yeah, I mean, I see them playing... Now, should I give away my Central pick for the I'm wild probably, card? I'm, I'm bad at keeping secrets, so I'm probably yeah. going to give away my so, other like, wild card So I see them playing pick. the Pirates and facing off against Garrett Cole and the Giants with the experience. And they what did they do it two years ago when they played in Pittsburgh? Yeah. And I think they played this game again in Pittsburgh. And I think again, that was a game that Brandon Crawford did the Grand Slam. I, I The Giants take it again, and but I don't see them making that same World Series run. So I see them playing the New York Metropolitans, which there is a fun question. Mets make the wild card game. Which starting pitcher do I think is going to be starting it? Probably Grom. I'm going to go Harvey because yeah. I always go Harvey. And so <laughs> Harvey Bumgarner, they were both actually committed to go to UNC <laughs> in 2007. Bumgarner gets picked out of high school in the top 10. Harvey drops to the second or third round. Bumgarner signs with the Giants, has won three World Series, one of the greatest postseason pitchers. Harvey goes to UNC, signs with the Mets in the top 10 coming out, and we know all that. So I think part of that is I think a Harvey Bumgarner wildcard game would be a lot of fun. Speaking about the Mets, real quick, to wrap things up. Seems like the big story. Are we talking about cars right now? Yeah, we're about to talk about Jonas (laughs) Cespedes and his cars. What was that he drove yesterday? Because that really wasn't a car. Let's be fair. That was the Polaris slingshot. It comes in around $20,000 for the basic car. It's really, I I don't know if you saw it. You can go look it up. I saw it on Adam Rubin's Twitter. Nationals colors. You can pull it up on any. It it was black and red. It's not really the white. Um, He added a custom 52 on it. And he spent like $40,000 in improvement. Because really what it is, it's a giant go-kart. 
Yeah. That is it's not a car. It's it's three wheels. It's technically a motorcycle, but people were freaking out about it. I think it was a little overhyped. The car you came in today though, and the black Lamborghini with the little blue on it. Yeah, today's was more my style. Yeah, the Lambo was nice. It was around three hundred fifty grand. Tara, should I tell the waffle story? That yeah, absolutely. We were at? Oh yeah, this has this. So there's a report out of Mets camp that Cespedes. Well, I, it sounds like it's true. Cespedes let one of the clubhouse guys for the Mets drive his Lamborghini. The clubhouse guy was like, I, I don't, "Are you sure you want me to do it?" And he's like, "Yes." He has so many of these fancy cars. I guess in his it's just not a big deal. To him, it's probably yeah. like, "Okay, like whatever, just drive it." So he was like, "Go out and drive the Lamborghini, and what I need you to do is go get a waffle iron." Now, you may be thinking, all right, the Mets don't have a waffle iron. That's kind of weird. No, the Mets do have waffle irons. They have plenty of square waffle irons, but Yoenny Cespedes doesn't eat square <laughs> waffles. There's the problem. He only eats the <laughs> circular kind. So he sends out the clubhouse guy to go to Walmart and find circular waffle irons in his Lamborghini. And that fan is Yoenny Cespedes for you. That's, you know what my favorite part of it all is? That his parking spot is next to Matt Harvey's. <laughs> so Matt Harvey arrives to camp in a $150,000 Maserati. Yeah. And it's an, I like it's that car. It's a stylish it's a, it's quality a car. Yeah. car. And then Cespedes starts showing up in all these other cars, parks right next to Harvey, and it's just like, oh, who cares about Harvey? Which this is just, this is where I think things get a little hypocritical because I think people are very hard on Harvey. And I think if Harvey was showing up in a different car every day, it'd be, oh, he doesn't get it. He's not focused. He's not serious. But Cespedes lo- does it, and everyone just absolutely loves it. It's the greatest thing ever. Yeah, you might you might be right. You might be right. I don't – I think if he was showing up in a different car every day, I don't know. I think people might care a little bit. I still don't think it would be a huge reaction. I'm just more excited to see what Car Cespedes shows in tomorrow because it's three Supposedly out of four. Supposedly, he told the media nothing. This new is it. Because he's three this out of four it. days right now. He's showing up in a new car. I want. I I hope he's putting that money to good use because he's getting like eighteen million dollars this year. I think twenty-seven if he opts out. If he opts out, right? So hopefully he's putting it to good use and can show up in something fancy tomorrow for me to see. And hopefully he's as good as hitting at hitting home runs this season as he is at driving with these cars. That's, I mean, you know, that's what will really make Mets fans happy is if Cespedes just keeps hitting home runs. told me I'm proud to say the Giants are the team representing the Bay and I know Giants that I love you oh. I say hey everybody say the Giants are rocking